Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and a huge and warm welcome to Thrive Online. It's our absolute joy to have you joining us this morning. We're currently in a series at church called God in the Movies. This is a series where every year we look at godly principles that we can pull out of some of the most popular movies around us. We'd love to have you join us on campus for this festive series and this festive time if you can. Listen, if you're anywhere on the East Strand and you're still watching online, what are you doing online? Get into the building. We're having a lot of fun with God in the movies. Yeah, we really would love to have you join us. It's going to be a great time. Now, understandably, because of copyright infringements, we cannot air this series on Thrive Online. But not to fear, because we are going to have special content here from the best of Thrive Online. Over the last couple of years, we have had some amazing content, which is worth revisiting. One of those was a series that we called Untangling Emotions. It was a series that was so helpful and we know it'll benefit us today in a massive way too. So let's have a look at how you and I can untangle our emotions. We're in a series at the moment and it's called Untangling Emotion. Untangling Emotion. And Kulu kicked us off brilliantly last week, didn't he? With Untangling Shame. You can catch that on our YouTube channel if you weren't able to be here last week or if you want to watch it online. And then this week we're going to look at how to untangle anger. Quick poll. Remember it's church. God is watching. If you're online, you're still in church. God's watching. How many of you get vus often? I feel like this is an angry side over here. <laughs> Middle bank, I'm coming to you. Online, I'm feeling good with you. You feel less dangerous to me than... <laughs> Anger's an issue, isn't it? Untangling anger. Next week, we're going to look at untangling fear. We're going to deal with fear and disappointment. But anger is an issue in uh, not only our world, hey, but in our country feels like there's an anger that simmers just below the surface, isn't it? And it just takes the slightest thing for it to boil over. The thing is, uncontrolled anger, hey, it can harm us. It, it really can. I got thinking about uncontrolled anger. I got thinking about what happens when anger gets unleashed with no control. My mind immediately went to Oscar Pistorius. Never forget where I was. I'll never forget the moment that I heard when he when the news came that he had shot and killed his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp. Do you remember that moment? Probably remember where you were. 14th of February, 2013. I just dropped our kids at school. I was driving back, and, and you get that news. Here's the thing. Uncontrolled anger is destructive to us and destructive to those around us. And I think our country and I think our culture and I think our world, listen, we live in an angry world and there's lots to be angry about. And some of our anger is legitimate, isn't it? I mean, there's stuff that surrounds us and that is around us each and every day that makes us so, here's the thing, there is a lot of reason to be angry. We, we can get angry at corruption we can get angry every time we watch the Zondo Commission. We can get angry at incompetence. Does anybody else feel like call centers are getting less competent than ever before? <laughs> 
Even as I say it, the anger's rising in you right now. We can get angry at COVID. We can get angry at our masks. Hey, we get angry at our friends who betray us. We get angry at our spouses who may have cheated on us. We get angry at our employer who retrenched us. We get angry at the potholes in the road. We get angry at the streetlights that don't work. We get angry at stupid people. I do have a saying which I'd like to give to you. It's trademarked to me though. So if you use it, you may not repeat it without putting a little trademark BC next to it. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix it. And yet we've got to live amongst it, don't we? Who here has ever wished that they could have a t-shirt that says, I see stupid people on it? Anybody living in the real world? We get angry at an illness that overtakes us, don't we? We get angry at abuse or mistreatment that happened to us in the past. Here's the point that I'm making, everybody. There is always, there is a very good reason to be angry most of the time. I can get angry at the price of avos. I remember one time getting so angry at a game of rugby. I remember grade nine. I can remember it as clear as day. Grade nine, I was uh, watching a game of rugby between my beloved Western province, having grown up in Cape Town. You die if you support another rugby team. So I support Western province. Before they were known as the Stormers, they were playing Freistadt. In fact, Freistadt were no good. Freestadt, they were no good as a rugby team. Still aren't. I'm sorry if you... But I remember Western Province were expected to beat Free State. That day they lost to them. I remember going into my room, getting my cricket bat out, coming to the tree in the middle of our garden and dismantling and dismembering my cricket bat by smashing it against this tree. I don't know how many times. I just saw red. I'm like, you guys are playing so badly. And it was at that moment that I realized I Need help. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Irrational anger. So we live in an angry world. There's a lot to be angry about. Here's, here's the thing. Well, let me define anger maybe first before. Anger, I think, is this. It's a strong feeling. It's a strong emotion. And I think that's key. Of annoyance or hostility. That's what we're talking about when we talk about anger. And the thing is, anger affects our lives, doesn't it? You know it, I know it. Anger affects our lives. It affects us relationally. It brings conflict into our lives. It affects us emotionally. We get tired emotionally. Um, it affects, uh, it, because it affects us emotionally, it affects not only our relational life, but it also affects our spiritual life. How many of you know it's hard to draw near to God when we're feeling angry all the time? Not only does it affect us those ways, it affects us physically. Did you know that there are three major, major effects of anger upon our physical health? Firstly, it restricts our blood vessels, which means that the blood has to increase in pressure to get through those blood vessels. So it increases your blood pressure, thereby increasing your risk of heart disease and heart attack. Anger also shoots adrenaline through our systems, which lowers our immune system. So you're more likely to get sick the more angry you are. Third thing that anger does is it makes you more stupid. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. 
Anger literally destroys neurons in our brain. Isn't it amazing that anger can make... So here's the thing. The more angry I am, the more doff I get. <laughs> Which explains that guy that you saw the road rage incident. He's actually got more stupid, and that's why he does what he does. But it affects us profoundly. And, and here's, here's the thing. Anger takes its toll on us. That's the phrase I want you to just grab a hold of and just work with me today as we look at that. How to untangle anger. Anger takes its toll on us. And if you're like me and you, you've smashed a cricket bat against a tree at some stage in your life, where you're battling with anger. Here are a few signs that you know you need to take it seriously. Perhaps you, like me, in that case, I got physically, I mean, I smashed this thing. Maybe you haven't smashed a, a, a thank the Lord, you haven't hurt a person, but you, <clears throat> excuse me, you get physically aggressive. Uh, maybe you get verbally aggressive. Maybe you get emotionally aggressive. Yes, maybe you get uh, passive aggressive. Passive-aggressive. If you're a passive-aggressive person, just look straight ahead right now. Don't look to the left or to the right. If you're online, just keep watching. Maybe you dwell on things that made you angry for a long time. Maybe you have long, long moments where you picture and plot your revenge. Maybe you get angry really quickly and really often. That's another way that you know anger is a, a struggle for you. Maybe you harm yourself or you harm others. Perhaps you know that anger is a problem for you if you're consistently blaming everybody else for your life, permanently a victim. Maybe you get angry with people rather than the offense. Somebody questions your integrity and all of a sudden you, you've got the guns out for them and not for the actual question which, it ha which was at hand. You know, the historical account of Moses in Scripture is such an interesting one to look at because it's clear from Scripture. Here, I've got some good news for all of us today. Moses had anger management issues. Moses should have been in the movie. <laughs> Moses, and, and the thing is, uh, the Scripture tells us that there was nobody else like Moses. God used Moses. In fact, Scripture says God met with Moses face to face like a friend meets with another friend. And yet Moses had anger issues. If you've got anger issues, I want to tell you God can still use you. He's not done with you yet. He's going to work you and refine you and mold you and shape you if you're open to it today. But we know Moses had anger issues because in Exodus chapter 2, we see that there was an Israelite and an Egyptian fighting. Moses comes across these two fighting, and as they're fighting, Moses doesn't break them up like a WWE rest, like a, like a referee. Moses gets involved in the fight. Not only does he get involved in the fight, he ends up killing the Egyptian. Anger. Doesn't end there though, because in Exodus 32, we see how God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. I want you to picture with me for a moment, church. Can you picture this? God inscribes with the very finger of the living God on these ten tablets. Moses has stone tablets inscribed with the finger of God. And yet when he comes down off of the mountain and he sees the nation of Israel uh, idol worshipping a golden calf, he is so angry, he throws them down. Picture it, stone tablets inscribed with the finger of God. He chucks them down, he takes their golden calf, he grinds it down to powder, he puts it in the water like some weird episode of Fear Factor and he makes the people of Israel drink it. And then proceeds to initiate a massacre of 3,000 of them. Mo How many of you know Moses had anger issues? 
doesn't end there. Because in Numbers chapter 20, we see Moses, uh, he's a, now he's in a different space. He's brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. They're now in the wilderness. God says to Moses, I, I want you to speak to the rock, and the water is going to gush out of the rock. Moses proceeds to stand in front of the nation of Israel. He gives them a shouting match lecture. He berates them. He, I mean, he, he's, he's going all out at them. And then he turns to the rock and he doesn't speak to the rock. What does he do? He strikes it twice with his staff. Water gushes out. But here's the thing for us today. As the water gushes out of the rock, God says to Moses, Moses, your anger is an issue. You will never see the promised land. The point is, Moses' anger has significant consequences for him. And Moses should have known to get a handle on his anger. Anger can destroy our destiny and frustrate our future. I want to invite each and every one of us into a journey this morning, looking at the life of Jesus, of how to untangle our anger and then how to manage it. Because if we don't, it will destroy our destiny and it will frustrate your future. It did to Moses. And so we pick up a story of Jesus as he enters Jerusalem. It's Palm Sunday. It's the week before Jesus was, was going to be resurrected. So it's literally this beginning of this last week in his life. He enters Jerusalem. People are throwing their coats down in front of him. People are, are, are putting palm fronds down in front of him. They, they, are, they are exalting him. They're glorifying him. They're magnifying him. And Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, and then he gets to the temple. He goes specifically to the temple. And that's where we're going to pick the story up today in Mark chapter 11 tells us that Jesus came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple. And after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs in it. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple. Right here, now he returns to the temple. And what does he do? He began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. So the scene is Jesus comes into Jerusalem, sees what's going on in the temple, but decides in that moment he's going to bide his time, he's going to wait for the moment. He goes home, he has a sleep, he comes back, he's feeling grumpy about it still, curses the fig tree, comes to the temple, and goes brackpan on them. <laughs> Let the record reflect that Chloe Donker today from Brackpan won the bubble-blowing competition. Because that is what we do in Brackpan. <laughs> Correct? 
So Jesus comes and he dismantles the temple. I, I, I just want to offer us a four-stage process in the journey of Jesus untangling his anger and then managing it and deploying it helpfully. Are you ready for that today? First thing that Jesus did is he restrained his anger. So he arrives in the temple on the previous afternoon, looks at it, he, you can, he's angry at what he sees, but he chooses his moment. He restrains his anger. Church, I want to say to you and to myself, if we can simply learn in the moment to breathe, you know, all you need is 30 seconds where you just go, just breathe. Restrains himself, doesn't take action. Proverbs 29, 11 actually tells us Fools vent their anger, but the wise, what do they do? They quietly hold it. Restraint. So the first thing we see Jesus do is he restrains his anger. Secondly, we see him reevaluate it. So he goes, he goes back home. He's with his friends. He reevaluates. What are we doing when we're reevaluating our anger? We're simply asking ourselves this is this anger worth it? Is this anger in this moment, is it worth it? He goes home, he, he thinks about it, he mulls it. So not only has he restrained himself, now he's reevaluating it. And James, in chapter one, actually, of, of his letter, he tells us this. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Can you imagine a world, everybody, with where it's quick to listen? He says, be quick to listen. Slow to tweet. <laughs> and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And so think about it is simply the thing. Thirdly, Jesus goes and he, he recognizes it. In other words, the question we're asking when we're looking to recognize our anger is we are looking to understand what the root of it is. I think there are four predominant roots of anger in our lives. I think it's either hurt, it's either injustice, it's either fear, or it's frustration. It's hurt, it's injustice, it's fear, or it's frustration. It's either hurt, injustice, fear, or frustration. And Jesus goes back. Guess what the root cause of his anger was? Injustice. He was so unhappy with what was happening to God's temple, how it was being used and abused. So Jesus, what does he do? He restrains, then he reevaluates, and then what does he do? He recognizes the root, and then lastly, he releases it. So he comes into the temple, and he upends everything. Now, how do we release our anger? I want to suggest to you that there are a couple of ways that we can do it. One is we can literally take action that's required. Now, in order to, uh, for us to take healthy action like Jesus did, notice Jesus wasn't meek, Jesus wasn't mild, Jesus, wa Jesus destroyed their, their environment. But he knew it was healthy. One, why? Because he had restrained himself. Then he had reevaluated. Then he had recognized the root, decided it was worth doing, and then took action. So you and I, we can take action, but the only way we can take healthy action is if we have restrained, reevaluated, recognized the root, and then taken action. Sometimes you might need to take action. You might need to fix the situation. The second way we can release our anger, though, church, is we can actually speak about it. And a few, few people, I think there are three, th three parties that we should, should, we should do uh, when it comes to speaking to our anger. I think, firstly, we should speak to God about it. I think we should speak to Him about it. Right? Yeah. I think we should do that. We should bring it to Him. 
Secondly, we should speak to wise people about it. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you could speak to about that. Might be a leader, might be a pastor, might be a work colleague, might be a, a, a mom or a dad or a great friend, but speak to somebody about it. You know why speaking is so important? Because when you and I speak about it, what happens is the pressure cooker gets released. The lid comes off just a little bit. Picture something on your stove and the pressure is building and building and building and building. But unless you take that lid off, what's going to happen is it's going to overflow. So speak to. So, so who do we speak to? We speak to the Lord about it. Secondly, we speak to wise people. Thirdly, we might actually need to speak to the pe- person themselves about it. So what are we going to do, church? We're going to learn to restrain, right? Then we're going to reevaluate. After we've reevaluated, we're going to recognize, and then we're going to release it, and we're going to release it healthily. And that's what Jesus did. That's the model that he did. And I think if you and I, if we can commit ourselves to that, I think our anger management will go from here to here. More importantly than that, I was speaking to somebody straight after the first service. He said, thank you so much. He said, you know, I haven't known what to do with my anger. So let's recap quickly this morning. Are you tracking with me? Everybody okay? All alive? Kicking? Turn to your neighbor and say, if it wasn't for you, I would have the best feet in this church. If you're online, you can do it to your partner right now. Let's recap very quickly. Firstly, what are we going to do? We're going to realize that we live in an angry world. Our anger is legitimate. There's a lot, church, there's a lot that we can be angry about. I don't want to in any way diminish our anger or the reasons for it or the legitimacy of anger. However, recognize that anger also has consequences. It affects us spiritually. It affects us emotionally. It affects us physically. It affects us relationally. It affects us in every area of our lives, doesn't it? Anger has consequences, and anger can destroy your destiny, and it can frustrate your future. It really, really can. But if you and I can understand that, and I, I, I want to, somebody, I just want to let you off the hook with this statement. If you can understand today that anger itself is not a sin, it's the response to anger that is. It's what we do with our anger. It's, a, it's the action, it'll be on the screen, it's the action after the anger that counts. It's the action after the anger that counts. And as Jesus enters Jerusalem, and as he goes through the scene in his life, he gives us an incredible picture of how it is that we can manage our anger. Because Jesus got angry, but he got angry wisely. What are we going to do, church? We're going to do four things. We're going to restrain it. We're going to breathe. Then we're going to reevaluate it. Is it worth it? Then we're going to recognize the root. What's driving my anger? Is it hurt? Is it injustice? Is it frustration or is it fear? And then lastly, we're going to release it. I want to invite you in this moment. Would you stand with me? We're going to do just that. And uh, I simply want to invite you online with us. Join us as you stand wherever you're watching. And just to simply stand with the posture of your hands open in front of you. Why? Because some of us, hey, what's the posture of anger? Think about a boxer, clenched fists. 
Think about what you clench your fist every time you drive through a pothole and it just destroys your tire. Can <laughs> I get some amens? Think about that work colleague that's bugging you. Think about your spouse. Just look straight ahead. Please, even online, don't say amen in this moment. I do not want to be the cause of more conflict in your home. And so when we unclench our fists, we are just saying to God, number one, we're going to just decide to release it to Him. We're going to give it to Him. We are going to invite the, the most profound thing is that we, that we are doing in this moment now is we are inviting the Lord into our angry spaces. Church, we're not, we're not going to put anger in a box and tell God you can't go there. God, this box is not for you to look at. In this moment, would you just bring it to Him? Just bring it to Him. Release it to Him. Release it to him. Hands open. Heart ready. And I'm going to invite you, wherever you are, in the building or online, literally to take a minute now and talk to God about this. You know, one of the most profound things we can understand is that we don't go to church. We are the church. You don't need a pastor to pray for you. You, every member is a minister. Right where you are, bring it to him. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.